capitalists. We're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend, Veris Sage Institute colleague and co-host, Ed Kless. On today's show, folks, we are live from the Veris Sage Symposium in Allen, Texas. Yeah! Ed, Ed, what a great week it's been. Wow, this has been fantastic. Yes. We are in your hometown. Welcome to Texas. You bet. We're Everything's here. bigger. Everything's bigger, including <clears throat> the wine stores and the, and the Courtyard Marriott. So we'll have a chance to talk to uh, Kirk Bowman. You guys put on an Art of Value conference mm-hmm. the last couple of days, and the Verisage Fellow Symposium started uh, today, and then we have Verisage Fellows and guests for Saturday and Sunday. So yep. we got a pretty full week weekend planned, uh, but it's just been fantastic. We've been having a ball here. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, we're, we're glad you're here. Kirk and I are, are thrilled to have you in our hometown, and, and it's just, you know, Having fun, and I, I just want to let you know that the, there's a very specific reason why we've always picked symposium. Do you know this, Ron? I don't know if you're aware of this. I think I do, but yeah. tell the okay, story. So this, this is great. The, the symposium is a, a Greek word, and it actually means, and I'm not kidding, you, look, you, can, you can look it up, as they say, to drink together. <laughs> that actually is what symposium means. It means to drink together. And the, the head of the, uh, the whatever, back in ancient Greek times, was called the symposiarch. You actually had a, a title, the Symposiarch. So Kirk and I are co-Symposiarchs, We're, and our job is to regulate the flow of alcohol. Well, well. <laughs> so you're doing a good job. We've already started drinking, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, no. Well, uh, we could talk more about what's been going on no. here when we get Kirk up here. But uh, we've got two special guests. So what we're going to do today Ed, is we're going to we're going to interview two Verisage fellows for each segment of the show. Awesome. And we're going to start out with just uh, one of my all time mentors and heroes, Tim Williams, who's been on the show twice. He's so recidivist. The few recidivist uh, <laughs> guests on the Soul of Enterprise from the Ignition Consulting Group. Tim, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you. Delighted to be back. Oh, great. And then we're here with Adrian Simmons. He's a practicing fellow of Verisage, and he's with Element CPA in Maryland. Yep. Right? Laurel, Maryland. Yep. And you've been on the show, so you're uh-huh. a recidivist. So yes. welcome back. Good to be here. So, Tim, I'll start with you, and we'll just do a round robin. And folks in the audience, you can come up and grab a mic here. And you can ask a question if you've got a question for us or one of these gentlemen. But, Tim, we met in Boston in November 2015. So what's new? What have you been doing since then? Hmm. Well, I think uh, what's maybe changed in the last couple of years uh, is uh, something we've all been wanting to do in the various segments we focus on in uh, Verisage. And that is, I think, more large firms have been tipping, as we say. Uh, off of the the, the uh, old uh, cost plus cost based hourly rate system to to modern pricing practices, um, I think a lot more of that's happened in the last two years. I don't know if it's uh, 
something in the water or something in the economy. Um, I think it's partially you, Tim. Honestly, I do. I think yeah, he's I think been that's, doing that's it. That's really. something to do with it. It Absolutely. does. He's been doing a great well, job, especially in the advertising space. Well, so. that's just being in the right place at the right time. I think there are a lot of economic pressures now that, uh, that maybe didn't exist back then, making part of the difference. What would some of those economic pressures be in the advertising space? Well, it's just, I think it's, uh, this is, I would assume, true for, for all professional services, but, but in that space in particular, there just, there's margin pressures that just uh, uh, haven't been able to uh, be improved. I mean, it's, it's hard for these large companies to improve their margins through any further cost cutting. They basically, they've done that, and in fact, they, they've come to the point of, admitting that they're trading senior talent they're replacing senior talent with junior talent they're really it's the juniorization of the ad, ad agency business uh, is underway is that at, why at, commercials next, suck now <laughs> <laughs> no no lots of other reasons for that okay. uh, but yeah that could be that could be uh, part, part of, of the trend ed uh yeah so i think they've just they've, they've realized they can't save their way to success they can't save anymore so but let's look at the other side of the coin, the coin. yeah which yeah. is the pricing side right Oh, good. Uh, you know, we had old, uh, Rory Sutherland on from Ogilvy, and I know they started a group. Uh, uh, it's a behavioral economic yep. group. It's Ogilvy, a nudge unit. Ogilvy Change. Ogilvy Change. Yep. And, of course, that was part of Rory's tenure when he was president of the IPA. Uh, he said that if advertising agencies don't become behavioral economists, they're going to become irrelevant. Yep. Do, do you see any other agencies moving into the behavioral economic space? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's. I think it's also entered pop culture, right? There, It's in the realm of pricing psychology, books like Priceless, the William Poundstone book are, are about that. The Dan Ariely work is behavioral economics. And that's that's definitely on the radar of uh, of marketing firms. Uh, they th- many of them have individual specialized practices that are that are behavioral economics practices in, that reside inside the firm. So they realize the value of uh, of that as a discipline, and and it's a, such a great demonstration of of uh, value, isn't it? Because it is. the problems that economic behavioral economics can solve, and the way they solve them doesn't correlate with time spent at all. It's just, it's a, it's a brilliant insight that, that produces right. incredible value for the client. In, in, in a flash of a minute, yeah. how, how are you going to price for that intellectual yeah. capital exactly. and the result of that idea? Well, well, that's fascinating. And, and um, Adrian, yep. question for you. You were sure. in Boston. Mm-hmm. What's new with you? I know you're a parent. Yes. So yes, congratulations. Is that's, uh, yep. <laughs> he that's actually exciting. came to the symposium to get some sleep. We, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Slept all the way through the night last night. That was pretty good. But uh, yeah, some of the things that have changed for us, we went through a rebranding of the firm. So um, at now as Elements CPA, and um, that was a big sort of shift for us and sort of a re, uh, we've been really modifying the inside of our product mix and sort of uh, now our go-to-market strategy is sort of rolled out. So that's a relief to sort of get that out there. And in the process, um, I think we've seen a couple of things that I wanted to mention as well. One, I think the the customer market, and we target business owners, 500,000 to 5 million is sort of our sweet spot. And I do feel like, uh, as Tim was saying in the larger side, that even in the smaller firms, we're starting to see business owners come at us differently in terms of what they're looking for, uh, as opposed to saying, hey, I just want a tax return or I just want you know some sort of accounting. They are looking for something more. And when they're finding the firms that are providing that something more, they're so happy to have found them and are willing to pay for that. So um, I think that's a change that has happened since we last got together in Boston. And uh, in that, I think also, just for, for me personally, um, one of the things that Matthew Toll, another uh, fellow here at Verisage, shared in Boston um, 
his IMF conversation impact, meaning, feeling. And that's something I put into practice in my own firm as I was talking to customers in terms of, it's not just, hey, what services do you need? And let me put them together in packages, uh, just to be rudimentary. But, you know, let's talk about what is the impact to your company at the end of the day? What does that mean for your company at the end of the day? How do you feel when that would happen? And then what does that mean for you as a business owner? What's the impact to you as a business owner? What does it mean to you as a business owner? And using that as a way to slow down the conversation and be that much more effective. Because I find that when you can leave the meeting and the person's already sold before they've seen the packages because you they know you and them are on the same wavelength. Um, so just, I feel like we've gotten more effective at having that and being able to sort of translate it all the way through to the services we provide. So, so one of the, the firms that I've been talking to is, and I thought it was really interesting what he said about this, because we all hear about, you know, cloud technology and, you know, I work for Sage, so we're constantly talking about cloud, 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 cloud. Yep. And, but what I hear overwhelmingly from people at conferences is, well, we implement cloud to get more, quote, efficient, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And this firm said, no, 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 no. We actually implement cloud so that we can have better, deeper conversations right. with our customers. So yep. is that something you're noticing in your firm, like this implementation of technology, yep. it, it, when done right, is actually helping you to get deeper with people. It can. I think it can go two ways, and it's important how you think about that. The technology is taking what used to take longer and making it take shorter. So your options are to do more of what you were doing before longer and shorter, or your options are to take that space and use it for something else. So I think those who are more forward-looking are saying, now that we have more space, let's not fill it with more of the same. Let's fill it with something different. And, uh, and asking ourselves, what is that different thing that we put in that space now? Develop that skill and competency and uh, be able to sort of use that as the launch point for those broader, better, deeper services. So you're finding the conversations are getting better then with, yeah. with some of these customers. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I say I, I have noticed that the people that have been coming through our doors and connecting with us that more often the higher percentage are willing to have these conversations when before sometimes the, the bounce rate or sort of the, you're saying one thing and they're saying another and they just aren't meeting. Um, that has been decreasing more and more and more people are saying, ah, great, yes. And they're even, when they first hear a little bit about our message, they're saying, my accountant doesn't do that. Um, let's go over here and, and meet with you guys and start working with you. So, The, the other thing I want to ask you about, Adrian, just because th- this is something that I that is ubiquitous throughout all of the industries that we service, but is particularly hitting, impacting IT right now because it's, it's all first generation people who are passing to second generation. Yep. You've had this in your firm, right? A transition mm-hmm. from your dad, yep. was it? Who yep. it was from to you. So what's how has that gone? What are, what are some thoughts that you have on that transition? Because it's a, a big deal it uh, is. for a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, for me, because uh, I took over from my dad, sort of bought him out at this point, maybe three or four years ago, um, that transition, I was very fortunate in that. I know other people's stories where there was a lot of friction I didn't experience. My dad really did sort of provide a lot of latitude and give a lot of rope. Um, But the challenge that you still have is turning uh, the direction of a firm still takes a lot of energy, still takes a lot of effort um, to turn that moving ship. And it is a matter of sort of sustaining the pressure. You don't, if you turn it too fast, you'll snap the ship in two. Mm -hmm. But if you don't keep the pressure turning to 
want that particular direction, you'll just never get that 90 degree turn or 180 degree if it needs to be. <laughs> so, um, so dad, you're doing it wrong. wrong. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, but I feel like it, so it's, it certainly is a multiple year process. And, but once you are, then the energy that was being applied to turning the ship is now being applied to forward momentum. And I feel like that's the direction we're heading in now. And it's, the, it's much more exciting. The wind's behind your sail. Exactly. Gentlemen, we've got about a minute left. And sure. Tim, I just want to bounce back to you. I, I know there's a lot of technology disruption, Watson and artificial intelligence. Are you a relative optimist or pessimist with respect to the impact this is going to have in the advertising space? Yeah, I, I, I'm an optimist in, in terms of the impact it'll have overall in, in uh, among consumers and people and society in general. I think it's going to be a net positive but very disruptive in professional services where, where things that were previously considered knowledge work are, are going to be uh, automated. All right. Well, hey, gentlemen, thank you very much. Tim Williams from Ignition Consulting Group, Adrian Simmons from Element CPA. Thank you very much, folks. We need to go and take a break, but you can uh, check out our full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Is your website just a brochure, or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are Leading Results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Tune in to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. Register now for the Art of Value Conference and Verisage Symposium in Allen, Texas. The Art of Value Conference runs Wednesday and Thursday, November 8th and 9th, with a networking day on Friday, November 10th, and an incredible Texas high school football game. There's nothing like it. Then, stay for the Verisage Symposium the weekend of November 11th and 12th. For pricing and more information, visit artofvalue.com and click events. 
become the best consultant you can be. Attend both events, artofvalue.com and click events. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're here at the Verisage Symposium in Allen, Texas. And now we have two more fellows from Verisage Institute. Ed, we have John Chisholm from Melbourne, Australia, of John Chisholm consulting he's a recovering lawyer from what i understand uh, does a lot of work in the pricing space with law firms and leadership issues and other things so we'll have a nice chat with him and we also have paul kennedy from london of obk O'Byrne and kennedy fame what i call the one of the most innovative firms in the world I hate to put you on the spot there paul but uh, no problem you guys welcome to the soul of enterprise yep thanks ron it's great to have the commonwealth Represented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we have a Canadian? Have sing God Save well? the Queen here or something? All right. We're gonna be, okay. Well, John, I'm going to start with you. We, You were in Boston. You always come to these events. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, you bring your daughter. I've got to get out a you, lot. You, 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 yeah. Yeah. you live in Australia. You've got to get out. You gotta gotta get out. Get out. Yeah. Uh, you, we were there in November 2015, so I asked Tim this, and I'll ask you, what's new uh, since... The last time we saw each other, well, two apart years from ago. making a sea change myself and you know moving moving home, um, yeah, I'm still working with lawyers. Please don't all go uh, uh, in terms of making the the pricing change, or as we would call it, the business model change. Um, slowly but surely, things are happening. Uh, of course, we'd all like it to happen quicker, but I think it's um, there are a lot of, as Tim Williams was saying, there's a, a lot of reasons why professionals you know, around the world have got to certainly look at better their pricing, pricing models. Um, and that's the case in law in Australia. There's client cost pressures, there's you know, technology, why invest in technology to have things, you know, happen quicker and you're still going to build by time. That's just a dumb, dumb business model. But I think most of the change that I'm seeing, I have to say, is at the smaller end of town as we've got some, you know, small firm representatives here. And I like to say there's about 10 here from Australia, which is is great. And some from Perth, yeah. right? So that's yeah, a, that's Perth. a real long journey. Would you say that like it's like some from Perth? Like well, it's a, that's, like a, that's, that, well, I just meant that's a long journey. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yeah. Okay. But it, you know, a, a lot of the the movement in terms of true value based pricing, and that is moving away from you know we sell time, has happened to date at the smaller end of town. Now I think it's starting to inculcate itself into the the, the bigger law firms. But I have to say, Ron, still the measurement and reward of big law or what i call old law which is leveraging people by time by alley rate is still very much you know alive alive you you know we like to beat ourselves up and you know just like you said it isn't happening as fast as we'd like it but i have to say i mean i've been in australia now i don't know 18 times since the year 2000 you have made tremendous progress down there i i still believe australia uh, punches way above its weight in terms of just per capita innovation. You have a lot of disruptors down there. Yep, yep, we do, and we're quite quite proud of that. But that doesn't mean we should be complacent. And like all of us, I'm not getting any younger, so I want to see this you know tipping point change before I go on to some other planet or life or 
somewhere else. So, but look, it, it is happening, and we've got innovation not just in pricing, but in technology, which we'll hear some about that the um, the weekend. So, so quite proud of that. But run. You know, old habits die hard. So, and it's not going to, you know, excuse the pun, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and some of that is going to take time. Hard to get millionaires to change their business model. It is. It is. It and, is. and bad ideas have a long shelf life, too. Yeah. That, that's been proven. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, you've got one of the most innovative chartered accounting firms. You guys do so many interesting things. An MBA program, you implemented after action reviews when we kind of barely knew what they were. What's changed for you since Boston? Well, having been introduced as the most innovative firm, I have to say that not a lot, really. <laughs> um, the, uh, we, we've already done that innovation we, we, thing. We're done. We're done with it. We don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, One we, and done. We, we, we've been trying to do more of the same, really. So for many years, we've been very careful about our position, about who we work for, who we don't work for, um, what work we do for those clients. Um, and we continue to do that. I guess probably over the last two years, we've probably become a bit more fussy about the work we do, even more fussy. Um, I think we've probably got better at value pricing. Uh, and although we've been doing it for a long while, um, my view is that value pricing is something you never really learn. It's just something you constantly practice and do your best at and fail. Sometimes you think you've done a good job and it turns out you haven't done a good job. And sometimes it works the other way around too. So... Yeah, we're just keeping, we keep trying, we keep innovating. Some of our ideas, some of the Verisage ideas now we use with our clients. So I think last time uh, I discussed how we were trying to push after action reviews through to a lot of our clients and that has been very successful. Um, but for the most part, of course, our clients don't have the same impediments that we have. In other words, they don't have to unlearn what we in the professions learn. So um, it's a much easier you know, I know that John has to work with lawyers. I just work with normal business people. These people don't have the, the, the hang-ups. They don't have the uh, impediments that we were, we were trained, trained with. So, um, yeah, but, and having fun, too. So one of the things I want to ask you, because you've been doing this for so long, is it, it's over a, a decade and a half now, is that right? Well, e yes, yes, 2000, we gave up. 2000, okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but do you still lie awake at night? Worrying about how much money you've left on the table? Is that no? Seriously, is that, we, we we were working at Art of Value yeah, the last couple of people, yeah. w days with people, and you know that's yeah. that's one of the things that we l look at as a, a determining factor. So, no, that's not something that occurs to me. No, the I mean, that's good. That means you're getting you're really good at pricing. Well, no, <laughs> no, I think we just stopped worrying. Actually, you just stop worrying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, I think um, it, as with anything, it is, we, what we do is now quite habitual. In fact, what we find difficult now is dealing with other firms of accountants. So a lot of what we do, um, sorry, a lot of our work, we outsource to other firms. So um, we're very careful about the, the nature of the work we do. So for example, we don't do things like audit. There's an awful lot of tax work we don't do. So we always have to have relationships with other firms of accountants because they're working with our clients. So we share our clients, as it were. And the more we deal with these, and the more we've moved on, and the more they haven't, the more we find that very problematical. Um, they still you know, try to treat our clients in a way that we would encourage them not to. Um, and that's one of the biggest problems we've had over the last few years, actually. Is, is working with people who are subcontracting? Kind yeah, of thing, these or? are people that we've said to, for example, an auditors, we say to them, well, one thing you're gonna do, if you're gonna work for our clients, you've gotta give them a fixed price in advance. You know, we're not expecting mm. them to value price it. We just want them to keep a fixed price. 
and they give them a fixed price and then they do the work and then they go back and say well yeah but we lost money on it and we're going to give you another one we said no no you can't do that that's not how it works yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> that was a fixed price yeah so. pa- Paul you shared something with us at Bear Sage Boston that when I tell groups especially of accountants this they're just blown away Every year, you put every client relationship on the chopping block, and your first question is, should we continue this relationship? Mm. Can you explain your philosophy for that? Uh, well, I, I, I believe strongly in the, the Drucker idea that wealth, um, the wealth you um, have or the wealth you retained is a direct result of the value you create for other people. And if we have clients for whom we're not creating enough value and who would like to move on, or in fact, if we think they should move on, then I think that's a very healthy uh, discussion to have. The opportunity cost of us working for the wrong people or doing the wrong work is just too high. So I think it's a healthy thing. And in fact, before now, we have facilitated that transfer. We have actively encouraged clients to move on because we felt genuinely that we're not the right people for them. And really, would you really want to work for people if they're just thinking, oh, we've just got to use them because we used them last year? Is that really how you want to live your life? I don't want to live my life like that. I would like people to use us because they want to use us. So you equated it to like renewing your wedding Ma- vows. Marriage but, vows, is you, yeah, that's your phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I just love that because like you say, nobody really does own a customer at the end of the day. So why not deal with the elephant in the room? And, and, and the more, of course, the more you encourage them to um, think about what value they're currently getting, um, the more that quite often, the more they wish to stay, the more they think they might be getting kicked out, <laughs> right. the more they uh, seem to want to stay. So... Uh, but I just think it's a healthy conversation to have. And um, if, you're, if you genuinely believe that, it, that your own wealth is a byproduct of what you're doing for other people, then you need to understand that process. Yeah, I mean, that's directly out of something that I talk about in my consulting work. P- Peter Block talks about that a terminate the relationship always has to be on the table to mm-hmm. some because they have to have freedom of choice to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty neat. But I want to we only have a couple minutes left, but I, I have to ask you about this because I just love this story. Um, at, when you guys implemented this, you said you you guys had developed a competency in firing customers. <laughs> and I, I just love that story. But, yeah. but I want to ask you, is, is the churn rate still relatively high because you evaluate each relationship? Relationship, or is is it lower, or what, what's what do you feel is healthy? I guess is the question in a in a in a professional firm. Should there be ten percent, twenty percent people that you're turning over pretty regularly? Well, we 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 have in our office the idea of a, a hit list. So any one time, anybody <laughs> like in the a office, mafia uh, hit yeah, list. Oh, okay, just yeah, check yeah. it. Anyone in the office can put somebody on the on the hit list if they think for any, for whatever reason really that we shouldn't be doing that work or we shouldn't be working for that client. And oh, that wow. gets that gets reviewed. But we don't have that many clients. So our, our, I mean, we went from five hundred down to fifty many years ago, which is where we got our competence from. Um, <laughs> but uh, but since then, we've we've hovered around the seventy to eighty for many years, and we tend to take on two or three a year. We might lose two or three a year. Um, and then, of course, you get the natural sort of churn where clients are selling their businesses now. They're all got to a certain age, so we, we get that sort of loss as well. Um, but I don't think that, that's obviously not what you're thinking about there. Um, but it's, I'm not sure we'll ever get a competence in getting rid of clients. But again, we, we, it's, it's just a healthy conversation to have a sit, sit down and just say, are we still right for you? Are you happy? Is there anything more we should be doing? Is, would you be better served by somebody else? Because if, you know, if, if, if they were, if you genuinely cared about them, isn't that the conversation you would have? 
For sure. I mean, for sure. Well, gentlemen, we have one minute left. I just want to let you know we're going to the um, Allen Eagle football game tonight here. For those of you watching, go Eagles, right? This is the symbol, by the way, guys. You've got to get this ready. All right, so just to explain something. First of all, the clock goes down, not up. But... Right, so like in soccer, like the clock. So just letting you know, the clock goes down, not up. There's going to be breaks every, I think it's 12 minutes, right, for us to do this. And the way they're going to have conversation about it before what? every play, John. What, because they're, they're not fit enough to yeah, play they're, they're, a whole they're, game? They're going to they're they're have a conversation about it. They, it's right. communication. And okay. it will be done in a couple hours, not go on for days. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Let's hear it for cricket. <laughs> right now, we will, we're here. I want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or myself by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. The website, of course, is thesoulofenterprise.com. And right now, a word from our sponsor. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Tune in to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. And simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Register now for the Art of Value Conference and Verisage Symposium in Allen, Texas. The Art of Value Conference runs Wednesday and Thursday, November 8th and 9th, with a networking day on Friday, November 10th, and an incredible Texas high school football game. There's nothing like it. Then, stay for the Verisage Symposium the weekend of November 11th and 12th. For pricing and more information, visit artofvalue.com and click events. Become the best consultant you can be. Attend both events, artofvalue.com, and click events. 
are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here at the Verisage Symposium in Allen, Texas. We are, we are just having a great time here. For, for once, we get to interview a whole bunch of Verisage fellows all at once. I can't believe all of this uh, really smart brain power all under one roof. But uh, we've got Michelle Golden, uh, who is a senior fellow at Verisage Institute, and she is from her new company, Four. And we also have Kirk Bowman from Mighty Data. And art of value now. One He's of like my, all in on art, art of value. value. Okay, well, one, He's of, all in. one of my favorite all-time podcasts, Art of Value. And, and uh, Kirk, we certainly want to ask you about the Art of Value uh, conference that you held here in the last couple of days. We'll talk to you about that. But ladies first, Michelle, welcome to the Soul hey. of Enterprise. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Awesome. So you weren't in Boston, so I can't ask you what's new since Boston, but I think you were in Hawaii, which might have been two years or so before that. What's new since then? Oh, a lot has changed. So almost, uh, well, exactly four years to the date, um, the day that I joined Kennedy & Co., that is now Keiko Isom, I exited the partnership of Kennedy & Co. or Keiko Isom and launched my own new company called 4LLC, F-O-R-E, LLC. And um, it's solely about pricing and helping firms move to the new business model of pricing in advance, offering certainty in price, and really a more business advisory culture. And are you focused just on accounting? or Just you, accounting. Just accounting. Firms, I leave a so. lot of the professionals. <laughs> <laughs> and, and tell me what you see in that space. Uh, do you see more interest among firms? What about the big firms? Are they, are they paying more attention to this change? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, heavily, uh, heavily increased interest from large firms. Um, having a few tipping, mm-hmm. um, Kennedy and Co. Keiko Isom started a seven eight years ago. I say Kennedy and Co. because it was under Kurt Seamer's sure. reign, and Keiko Isom has maintained um, probably about fifty sixty percent of the firm's revenue today is priced in advance. It was seventy five percent, but then we merged, merged a right, few right. times, oh, and yeah, so yeah. our percentage diminished, but actually went up a couple million yeah. in what is managed. Um, to be priced in advance, and the sophistication levels in, uh, improved quite a bit in the last couple of years. I like to think I have a little bit of influence That's in that. that. And um, other firms, a uh, couple other big firms, Horn, um, one of the top 50 firms, has also implemented pricing in advance, and now a top 20 firm is working on it. So the other firms are really sitting up and taking notice, and it's not just about following their peers. Um, they're hearing a lot about artificial intelligence and blockchain and all these and, and client accounting services, CAS, digital accounting, and they're starting to realize, gosh, you know, we're going to be a lot more efficient, and so we're going to need to find other ways to price because it's going to take us a lot less time to do things, and that's not where the value really resides. So where does value reside? Maybe we need to understand what we do that's most valuable. Right. And, and do you think that change is being driven mostly by technology? You don't think it's about attracting talent is it mostly the technology i think i think technology is the urgency because i think that the talk in the industry over the last year has has been this heightened urgency like you know the aicpa is is um 
actively working to make sure that the smaller firms not left behind, whereas the large firms working with IBM Watson and, and whatever are, um, they're innovating and they're ahead of it, but the AICPA is very conscious of, of all the firms over the hump and down the tail that don't have the resources to innovate. And so um, there's a lot of talk about it. And unfortunately, there's some fear yep. out there about it, but there's also, um, I think, a willingness to embrace it. I think people realize, you know, I mean, some people are sitting back like chicken little, the sky's falling. No, there's not really going to be a change. But I think most CPAs understand there really is a change coming. And, and are you a relative optimist or pessimist with respect to this change for the profession? Um, I'm an optimist. I think that, well, I should ask what respect you mean that. Well, well I, I mean, about the, the impact these technological changes are going to have, do you think it is going to be dystopian or utopian, I guess? I, you know, I think there's really room for everybody. What I think is you're going to have, you have new startups today that never did things the old way. They're starting digital. They're in the cloud from day one. They're, you know, they're very technology savvy, and they're just—it's it, not going to be a big shift for them. And then you have mom and pop shops that are going to, you know, either sell or move to a new generation that, that will adopt technology. And and I think the work will stay there for firms that don't really want to change. I think there will still be work for them, but I think any, you know, firm of significant size is going to need to be able to adapt to both. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example at Keiko Isom. Um, we uh, specialized in agriculture, and we had some clients coming to us saying, well, I just bought a fleet of driverless tractors, um, and what do you know about it? And everyone at the firm looked around at each other and thought, uh, we better get up to speed on this pretty quickly. So, you know, clients are going to drive the change. Sure, sure. Well, that's awesome, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thanks. Hey, turning to Kirk over here. Uh, you know, Kirk and I are both here from Allen, Texas. So, you know, Allen, Texas clearly has more per capita Veritage <laughs> fellows than anywhere in the world. <laughs> so, so this is like the Agreed. center of the Veritage universe. It's not in Penaluma anymore, Ron. Sorry. Because um, I guess a pair of fellows outweighs a founder. A founder. Maybe. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, what's the poker hierarchy? We'll have to see. But uh, Kirk, it's been a pleasure planning this event with you. But let's ask the opening question that we've asked all the guests so far, and that is, what's new since Boston? Well, I mean, probably the biggest thing for us is actually doing the Art of Value conference the last two days. You know, you and I spent... Uh, almost a year planning and getting ready for that so that's one thing uh the other we thing we didn't is, track our hours either by the way we didn't no no, no that was duration <laughs> not effort but also i've had the, the pleasure of kind of getting into the accounting space some been invited to speak at some conferences and starting to build some relationships there so just continuing to try to make traction with helping professionals move to a business model that actually allows them to build wealth and have the life they want to. What's the place that you're finding the, the most traction for your particular stuff? Is it still like the accounting space? Is it the book paper space? Is it law? Or are you just cross-sectional? It's really interesting. It really is cross-sectional. I mean, through my podcast, you know, I have a Facebook group and people who join are coming from all over the place. I'd say the area where they're coming least is law, but I'm seeing a lot of design, a lot of uh, accounting, and of course, a lot of software because that's my background. We even have musicians. <laughs> musicians. I had a music teacher from Germany who has implemented value pricing in her practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and uh, BJ, right? Yes, is BJ it, Lee. It's actually his wife who's mm -hmm. a singer. 
Right. Yeah. And I actually had lunch with him. He came. He was. He was also in Allen, Texas. The really? Other, yeah. He had lunch with you. He didn't call That's, me. See, this is, this is the new mecca. Obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. clearly where you got to make the pilgrimage mm-hmm. to. So. <laughs> But um, so that's funny. It's across the board. I like that. that, That's good to hear. What have you learned as now a teacher of this stuff as opposed to someone who's just been someone who's been a purveyor of it? Like use it in your business in Mighty Data. But what have you learned differently now, now that you're teaching it? I think what I've learned is I thought it was easier to learn it than it is. Um, Mm. You know, somebody nowadays, I hear somebody say it's hard and I go, yeah, it is. But I just went in whole hog. I went in, you know, I said, we're going to do this. And I said it publicly on a podcast. And so I've accepted that as the reality for most people. And so now I've had to focus on when I'm giving presentations and so forth, really trying to understand why is it harder than I think it is and what can I do to help ease that entry into it and so you know we spent two hours yesterday trying to help eight professionals do that we said hey throw your proposal up and we're going to critique it it wasn't just you and me and ron it was people in the audience we had lawyers commenting on accountants and accountants commenting on software people and that kind of thing and that's really what i believe this business model is universal it doesn't it's not locked into your profession yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really a profound moment when we saw everybody kind of getting into it and, and sharing what they thought were was pluses and minuses of and, everybody's proposal. And, and just on that, Ed and Kirk, yeah. one thing that you know, it's a huge myth that you have to be an expert in whatever it is that you're pricing. That's absolutely false. Pricing is its own discipline. Now, yeah, do you have to know something about what you're doing and and the, the work and the flow and all? Of course, but you don't have to be a granular expert to be able to price legal work or or accounting work or software I would imagine and you know having that fresh pair of eyes is always really helpful which is why we are such strong advocates of a value council well the ability to perceive value or to seek to perceive value from the customer's eyes that is a universal skill I mean you saw it yesterday we were working with somebody who is really in the accounting space and technology and he was struggling with this conversion thing and I finally just got to a point I went up to the board I wrote three prices and I said can you cover any risk you can foresee at, at the lowest price he said yeah all right we just priced it right yeah, right. He was still resistant to that, though. Well, he was, but, but we're yeah. not giving up yet. No, we're not. I, and I told him, stay on the bicycle. That was the, my, my refrain. And what I'm talking about here is that if you have, guys haven't seen it, the backward bicycle video, right. which that was a profound moment for me. And it actually even prompted the question that I asked Kirk, because the, what you realize about that, that video is once the guy learns how to ride the bicycle backwards, backwards. it's hard for him to go back to riding a normal bicycle, yeah. right? Uh, because yeah. you're only substituting the one cognitive bias for the, for other. the other. And one of the biggest things that I find in teaching this stuff is remembering what it was like, like previously. My thought process was like previously. Right. Michelle, any thought on that? that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, to try and go back and do it the old way, it just feels completely foreign. It's weird. Um, and helping each other across industries, is it makes perfect sense because we're all buyers, I mean, what, put yourself in the buyer's shoe. Well, exactly. And I think the idea that if you're not an accountant, you can't talk to me because I'm an accountant or a law or whatever, that's false. I mean, we see it in medical practice where, where doctors are actually hiring business people to run their business. business. Yep. Outstanding. That's Excellent amazing. point. Michelle Golden, Kirk Bowman, thank you so much thank for you. being on The Art of Value. The Art of Value, Soul of Enterprise. So, soul of Enterprise. Man, Sorry. Wow. You've been, you've been here I, he's, for... he's, he's branded me. He's branded me. <laughs> well, shout you, out Kirk. there for Kirk. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. 
world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Register now for the Art of Value Conference and Verisage Symposium in Allen, Texas. The Art of Value Conference runs Wednesday and Thursday, November 8th and 9th, with a networking day on Friday, November 10th, and an incredible Texas high school football game. There's nothing like it. Then, stay for the Verisage Symposium the weekend of November 11th and 12th. For pricing and more information, visit artofvalue.com and click events. Become the best consultant you can be. Attend both events, artofvalue.com, and click events. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are live here in Allen, Texas, Texas. Yeah. at the Soul at Verisage Symposium. Ron, we have one more segment before we go to the football game. We do. So, and uh, we were not at the football game. Right? No, the <laughs> listeners no. have no idea. We're wearing uh, uh, headsets, headsets that yeah. look exactly like uh, okay, Roger Goodell. Play. That's right. <laughs> Kite, it's not your turn. Well, yeah. shut up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. People are sick of hearing you anyway. With the, You've been on the commercial so, for yeah, 27 times. All right. <laughs> what a, we have an honored guest here, Ron, on the Soul of Enterprise. Yes, I'd this say is, so. Yes, this is, a, this is the first on the show. He's been with us on the road before in other places, but actually a broadcasting live show. Sam Baker, Ron's dad, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for making this all possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, this literally. This is why we're all here. It, 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 it wasn't like, you know, for <laughs> Sam and my mom and dad, we would, okay. But uh, I know that so many of the things that Ron has implemented in his life are a direct result of some of the great stories that he learned in your barbershop. 
<laughs> and what I would really like to hear from you is the story that you have told many times about the Beatles and what the Beatles meant for your business model. Well, <laughs> when the Beatles hit the United States, it kind of put the barbering business out of business. <laughs> Nobody wanted to get scalped by a barber. So, of course, all the kids grew their hair long. So that meant we had to change our business model. We didn't know it was a business model at the time, but that's what it was. So we got into men's hairstyling and razor cutting and blow drying and doing that type of thing. And then that progressed into unisex salons, uh, permanent waving, hair coloring, cutting men as well as women's hair, taking Vidal Sassoon's classes so the women could come in weekly, uh, weekly instead of every day and get a shampoo set. So, um, and then retailing, that was a big thing at the time. And one of the big manufacturers was Retkin Laboratories and I got involved with them. And um, it's kind of like sitting in one of these Verisage symposiums and hearing about trashing the timesheet and value pricing, getting rid of the hourly billing. And that's kind of what it was in our day. So. Uh, and and Ron was there with me all the way. He started doing my taxes in high school, still does them to this day. He's one of the ones they talk about, you know, the f damn family. You know, they don't pay you. F client, so, family and friends. Client, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's about it. But but I want, what I wanted to, to, to just f further up on that, because I think it's, it's such a fascinating thing. I have had multiple conversations with my barber hairstylist and I cannot tell you the similarities between that model and software consulting like that what sage does in selling through a reseller channel it, it the, the it's absolutely astounding because for example uh, people who resell sage software traditionally what they have done is they've earned about 50% of their revenue from the software sales and 50% from consulting which i understand from my bar we earned 50% from product sales and 50% from having you know butts in the seats in the chair right. the it, is the loyalty is to the is to the stylist not to the shop right right, right. and if they move right. from one place to the other there's a lot of people who follow that sure. and the same thing is true in software consulting if a, if a consultant moves from one firm to the other they are more likely to follow that consultant than they are to stay loyal to the firm exactly. so just a really interesting model that you guys had and and that was like you were talking about that was verboten to have men and women in the same place yeah. right yes yes and the amazing thing was we we would educate we would take our staff to seminars to learn and it's kind of like ron says what if you don't educate them and they stay right <laughs> and once you educate them they would go off on their own because that's the nature of the beast that's awesome and just one more point he he had the first unisex salon north of the golden gate bridge so absolutely maverick uh, radical innovator in in uh, your industry dad i'm so proud to tell that story and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree well, about that. but greg kite oh jeez i <laughs> oh. this is we're gonna regret <laughs> this uh <laughs> no greg kite is our g robert newhart non-value added 
bellow. <laughs> you're, you're damn great, right I yeah, am. Yeah. <laughs> great Kite knows he is my hero. That's all I have to say well, because your job is to laugh the billable hour out of existence. Yeah. And, and you do a great job well, at it. Well, thank you. And I know that you are committed to value, which is why you decided to pack the last two minutes of today's episode so, with all the value of the entire episode so, yep. by having me on here right now. Just like so our kudos forward. kudos to you. You walk the talk. <laughs> so... so so, Greg, what have you been doing? <laughs> Great question. I'm so, gl- I'm so glad you asked, Ron, because my life has really taken a big turn recently. Um, base- I mean, the biggest thing is I started a- an herb garden at my home, <laughs> and I am, I am uh, on the weekends, I go to the farmer's market, Ron, and at the farmer's market, I am selling my herbs. I'm selling rosemary and basil, but mostly what I'm selling, Ron, I'm selling thyme. thyme. <laughs> and, and Ron, that's just one. That's just one of my many new ventures that I've started. I also joined. Listen, I joined. Do I have a choice? I, no. I I joined a law firm. Okay, and this law firm exclusively value prices customers exclusively does fixed price agreements we've we've narrowed down on a very very specific niche in terms of law where what we do as a firm is we help death row inmates retry their cases okay and by doing listen by doing that by starting the retrial process what that does is it pushes back their date of death so very literally we are selling our clients time but only but only using fixed price agreements and value pricing <laughs> Do you have any trouble collecting invoices when your client's behind bars? It's incredibly difficult <laughs> to collect any money from anyone. But uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm an innovator. <laughs> <laughs> that you are. What, what, what other things have been going on, Greg? Well, you know, I, I, how about your stand-up? You do stand-up comedy. There's not a lot of time. We'll be, you know, between trimming my my and weeding uh, in my garden, and uh, you know, walking the green mile. <laughs> Can we go back to my dad? <laughs> Most, uh, you know, it's just hard to find time to do to do other things. Stand up. Uh, I have been uh, I have been killing it at uh, at the Watchtower Cafe on State Street in Salt Lake City for approximately three to four minutes every Tuesday night, uh, just destroying right there. Are you still doing the accounting stuff every so often? I do uh, like uh, what? Which accounting stuff? You, you mean know, where, the, where the you know the, you would the do accounting the, the update, update videos? The accounting I, up. I haven't done that. You know why? Impossible to monetize because really, <laughs> I'm I'm about the bottom line, Ed Class, and what I want to see is I want to see that cash register ring and putting free videos on YouTube. Not making the cash no, register. No, ever. right. No, ever. Ever. Great kite. Did thank I run out so the clock? Much. I you ran did. out you the ran clock. Out the clock. <laughs> I did. Thank that you was so much, great dad. Thank you so much for appearing. I'm the soul of enterprise. Ed, this is a blast. I'm looking forward to the foot high school football game here. Go Eagles! In Allen, Texas. So I'll see you in 167 Sounds hours. Sounds good, Ron. Thanks, Ed.